Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Blake, here we are again, talking about Portland real estate. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing good. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I think this is the third time you've been on the show. Yeah, I think it's good to kind of get a pulse on um, what's really going on in the office space and broader what's going on with you know companies and the talent pool. So for folks that don't know, Blake St. Ange is the managing principal for Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm here in the Portland area. So I guess a good place to start, what is going on? I, <laughs> I think there's a lot of like... <laughs> You know, I, you know the office thing and the where companies are moving and the downtown core is is a lot. I, I think people like to talk about it for one reason or another. And I mean, I don't want to talk about COVID any more than everybody already has. <laughs> but so, can you just give us a little update, maybe Pulse? What's, yeah, what's going on? Well, I think the first time that you and I connect on on the podcast is like tail end of 2019. So, mm -hmm. uh, and now we're connecting the first part of 2023. So, there's a tremendous amount that's happened between then and now. I mean, I think a big indicator that we're seeing downtown from an office perspective is in 2019, when we talked, tech was a huge, and continued to, continued to be at that point, a booming industry that was taking down a bunch of space and the right. talent pools were huge and moving out of San Francisco and coming up to Portland. It was like, you know, we were like the shining light. Well, three years later, that light is is dimming, if not off to a certain degree from a tech perspective. I mean, honestly, nearly every company, every tech company in town is either right-sizing or getting out or not renewing leases. I mean, you name the companies or have been acquired, right? So like Puppet got acquired or merged with a group uh, per force out of the Midwest. So they've got space, they've got their entire headquarters on the, on, on the market. Picasso's mm. got space on the sublease market. SurveyMonkey is, is, is right-sizing their space, Momentive. New Relic. I mean, you, Simple Bank got acquired by PNC. I mean, you, you name the tech company that was sort of driving in Portland and, and, you know, is now sort of trying to figure out what the next thing is. And part of that is because all this hybrid and remote and everything else. So downtown remains a little bit of a ghost town from an office space perspective. We, one little light of that, you know, Jordan Ramis decided to move from Lake Oswego to downtown Portland. They just mm -hmm. opened up their new headquarters, the Pac West building downtown, which was just really interesting. And uh, my partner, Kelsey, she's uh, uh, on the board of crew and their big program that's happening. I believe it's in February is almost on this, on this topic um, about, you know, what that looks like and moving downtown or moving out of downtown. So I encourage anyone that's listening to this to, to look up crew and look at that program to go listen to that panel. It'll be, it'll be really insightful, but that's sort of a, um, uh, a litmus test on, because that's been a big driver and, and that driver sort of um, 
hit the brakes for now. Yeah. I mean, that's a good overview from when we first talked in 2019 and you know, where, so what's your, what's your thinking is how I'm still employed. Is that what you're, is that what you're thinking? (laughs) How are we still doing deals? No, I I guess I, I mean, let's talk about how you're helping clients like navigate this. Cause I know you're helping some folks, you know, move into these spaces that might be on the sub lease, you know, market. And maybe there, I don't know if there's deals to be had, maybe not. I mean, what, yeah, yeah, how they're, are they're, you helping your clients navigate this? Yeah, mo- most of our clients are reducing their footprint, right sizing mm. their footprint from, you know, mm. in many times cases, 25 to 30%, right? Mm. Uh, in some cases, it's more than that. And so there are absolutely deals, if you've got deals to be had, if you're, you know, you're an active group looking to take space in downtown because the vacancy rates continue to be high. Most of that is looking at incentives. Most of that's looking at, you know, mm. rent incentives and TI incentives. And, and I mean, on some of these projects, you're getting 12 months of free rent, you know, wow. on a seven to eight year deal, which is, would be absolutely unheard of. And, you know, triple digit TI figures, which would be unheard of, mm. you know, a couple of years ago. But the challenge of that is that that's not necessarily creating demand, right? Like right. it's not all of a sudden like, oh, wait, we're just going to drop our shorts on all these. And then all of a sudden we've got like lemmings coming back to the city that say yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to do this deal. Like it's hard to, you can't just artificially reduce rent, increase incentives. And then all of a sudden demand's going to go crazy. That's, you know, that's driven by employment. That's driven by what the company's decisions are. That's driven by cities and municipalities that are open for business. Right. And it's still to be determined on, on if, if Portland and Multnomah County is going to sort of be open for business. It's, it's sort of been the, they've been the, the, the real estate agent of the year for Clackamas County and Washington County and (laughs) Clark County, right. And outside. So, you know, well, you know, we're hopeful, obviously we're hopeful, but. But well, yeah, yeah, I think that's it is Portland in a sense. There's some you know policy things, obviously, but it it is downtowns across the country, from what I'm hearing. And that's it might be anecdotal, and so you you're more plugged yeah. into that. I mean, what? It, no, it's I don't not think just it's, Portland, uh, right? No, no, it's it, it, yeah. it's not. It's not. It, but it is sort of you know West Coast cities is one thing. You know, you look at the Midwest or you look at you know Texas and all of what's going on in Texas. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Not just Austin, which everyone hears about, but Dallas and Houston, mm. uh, ma- mainly really Dallas and Austin are two big recipients of what's coming out of California what's coming out of some of the, other, you know, uh, West coast States, but you know, the Midwest still, still is, you know, is strong. Um, but yeah, downtowns are having a, are, are, are trying to figure out what's next. I mean, I'm sure you've read that, you know, some of these older buildings are thinking about retrofitting for multifamily, which is mm-hmm. apartments. And, you know, in the past you go, there's no way that that pencils out. But now if some of the, some of the, the you know, the, the, the value of some of these assets are so low that it might pencil out because you're basically acquiring the dirt, even though there's a mm-hmm. building on it. So, you know, I think the East coast is thinking a lot about this too. I mean, there's, there's been some conversations. I think, I think, uh, Michelle from GBD was on a, was on a, a panel about this. Uh, I can't remember who, what the organization was, but here in Portland, I, I know that GBD is, is looking deeply into this as well. So there's, there's all sorts of conversations around what that looks like, but there's also starting to see a little bit of this. I wouldn't say it's a big shift, but some sort of shifting in terms of some of these, you know, in office mandates. I mean, the city of Portland came back and said, Hey, we want our people in offices right. multiple times a week. Right. And that's sort of on the heels of some of the things that Nike's doing and some of the other tech companies down in the Bay Area are saying. And so I think, you know, we're still waiting to see what that looks like. I mean, you're also starting to see some, again, I'll go back to the, the tech thing just because I feel like that's on everyone's mind. But 
you know, the, the, the right sizing and the, and the unfortunate layoffs that you're seeing in, in the tech space coupled with, okay, now we're putting some mandates on what our policy is in terms of being in the office and so right. that sort of stuff going, coupling together. You wonder if that's going to drive some of these things back. I, I don't think it's going to drive back to what it was, but I think there's going to be a little bit of this give and take between employer and employee that we really haven't seen. It's sort of been that pendulum has shifted in early COVID, rightly so, I think, from an employee perspective, you know. And so I'm wondering how that's going to shape up over the next 12 to 18 months as mm. that sort of pendulum maybe comes back uh, a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be five days back in the no, office. No, right? I, you, you know, yeah. Nike does three, I think. And what's just, for example, like what are you doing with your your own team is pretty flexible. Obviously, they're, they'll yeah. be out in the field a lot, but you're in the office right now. I can you know, see you there. So yeah. what, what's kind of what, yeah. So we've been, we have been sort of agnostic on physically being in the office, right? I mean, we were out in the field a lot. We're doing a lot of meetings. We're doing a lot of tours like that. that that's our business. And so, but one of the things that, that we're talking about and that we're going to instill in 2023 is, is at least one day in the office, you know, from, for a block of time to sort of be together and then maybe a floating day. Right. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies are sort of like, and we we've got 10 people, you know, and so that's one of the yeah. things that we're, that we're talking about is we're not, we're certainly not going to, or not interested in saying, Hey, everyone be in the office, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, this conversation around in office, out of office is, is, is like, you know, you talk about the, you talk about sort of being allergic to, to the conversation on COVID and same sort of thing about in office, out of office, like, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a results driven business. You either get your business done or you don't get your business done. I mean, right. we're in the real estate business and mm-hmm. we're in the sales and, fee-based commission-based business. And so, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty clear whether you get, you know, you get your stuff done or you don't get your stuff done. One of the big things that we've, that we've done over the last three years is stayed connected via Zoom and everything else just like everybody else. But worst, you know, you start to see like the value of when we're together, whether that's event-driven or whether that's collaboration-driven on business, like there's a lot of power in that. And so how do we bring that back together that is sort of organic in nature, but also like that helps to raise everyone's boat. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in times where there's a little more economic uncertainty, like there it, you know, there's right now. Like there is right now. Yeah. In 2023. So, and I've always been a kind of a pessimist. I think I've said this maybe last time we're on a year ago, I said, I think it's going to be more of what it used to be. <laughs> you know, I like bringing people together though. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's part of it. I think there's, there's a huge unlock in that. So I don't know, but what is it just shifting a little bit? What is it? What, what has it meant? You mentioned some of the suburb, um, like Washington County and Clackamas and and Clark. I've read some headlines, some companies have moved their offices there, but has that really been that, uh, I guess prevalent or is it just kind of here and there or. No, I think it's been pretty prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you can also see that just in sort of in, in the way that the, from a market perspective, rents and, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about the rents and incentives about downtown and how crazy they are. You want to go do that in Lake Oswego, it's totally different, right? Like the rents mm-hmm. have increased by 10 to 15% in the last couple of years and incentives mm-hmm. have, de- have decreased, right? So it's like, hey, great. We know a lot of companies want to be down here. So um, it's, it's typical supply and demand. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And so you see big companies that, that are out there. I mean, and you've seen them in the, in the paper, but Knowledge Universe, Kindercare, you know, yeah. Umqua Bank, right? Like there, you, you see several of these groups. I mean, Liberty Mutual just came out at 95,000 feet over at Lloyd District. And, you know, um, wow. 
Ariba. They were in a full floor downtown at block 300 and now they're in a smaller space down like as we go. So hmm. it's, it, it, it's, uh, so yeah, it is prevalent. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, the big part of that is, is some of the, some of the financial implications of that with, you know, the, the tax structures of what's going on downtown mm-hmm. and, and in the County. So, yeah, I guess that's on the policy side. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> which I'm not, which I'm not going to get into. Yeah. yeah uh, I guess there's that's tough. Um, well, just looking ahead, like 2023, as far as let's look at your, whatever you can share, how transparent you want to be, like, how's it going to be for the industry? And then, you know, different companies just like, is it going to be a slow climb as uh, you know, back to uh, getting a little better for, for the commercial side of things? Or is it more, I know there was a bright spot on the, on the industrial flex space. It seems like was always been pretty hot uh, here. So I don't know if you could talk. Yeah, about that. I think that, that I think will will continue to, to be strong. I think that on the sales side, because of the way the interest rates have changed, that has dropped off. Yeah. Right. So if I buy a building and I get, and I get a note at three to 4%, but now it's seven, 8%. I mean, that like people, there, there's been a lot of back outs, right? Like mm-hmm. I've got another contract and all of a sudden, you know, deals change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also like in 2021, I think 2021 was probably a, in early part of 2022 were, were banner years for a lot of companies revenue wise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like just, it was just crazy growth. I mean, that, that obviously COVID, the, the, the start stop and early COVID, but 2021 and early part of 2022 was like crazy growth, right? Yeah. So, and so now it, it's, I think it's like, it's like a, a leveling off or at least some sort of steadying of what you mm-hmm. are like, Oh, we're not growing by 40% anymore. What's going on? It's like mm-hmm. easy. Like, I mean, you know, it's like the residential, like all of a sudden I can't sit my house in three days. Oh, what's going on? It's like, okay, we'll give it some time, you know? So we sort yeah. of, uh, we sort of forget about history sometimes and we go like, Oh, okay. Like it's not, it, you know, that's a good perspective. I was just so reading today at, you know, I'm a headline reader. So I saw Salesforce is uh, laying some people off like 10% of their workforce. And uh, I think the CEO kind of ate it, said we overhired, you know, this past year and a half. And I think a lot of companies maybe in that space did. And you, like you said, it's not necessarily mean they're doing poorly, but it's just back to a kind of more normalized. Yeah. 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 So. I think they, I think that, yeah. And the, in the, in the, in the talent pool and the, all of that, like the last couple of years has been mm. so tight. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I think organizations are sort of look, are looking at it and going, okay, well, if we're not going to grow by 40% anymore, like we were, we can't hire at 40% or 20% or whatever the, whatever the, mm-hmm. you know, appropriate metric is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, that's, that's part of it. Right. On the, you do stuff on the work uh, space design side of yeah. Right. And I know you did yeah. some really cool projects during COVID. Um, yeah. How's that shaping up? Like what kind of things are people doing now with their offices now, even if they're downsizing a smaller footprint, how are they making their office more functional or more open lot, for that? Yeah. A lot more focus on collaboration, sort of hoteling type thing. I mean, I think that the, that big shift of even still the private office stuff, I think a lot of that head down work can be done at a third place, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's mm-hmm. at home or whether that's, at you know radius right like amina yeah. if anyone knows amina like what they're doing mm-hmm. at radius is a really cool concept mm-hmm. um but you know in the office like the purpose of that is to be around be collaborative you know share value like how like, attack a project right like mm-hmm. those sorts of things and huddle spaces and huddle rooms and and a big part of this is like what's going to 
drive people to drive people to the office, mm-hmm. right? Like what's going to cause them to want to come back in a certain, in any regard and, well, the, and yeah. planning around that. Yeah. Well, there's that definitely, but now it seems now things are, are shifting as I talk to other people and companies, it's also driving folks to be more productive. So it's obviously like driving them to get to the, the office, but also what kind of uh, well, space... There's a, so that's an interesting question, right? Because what what I'm seeing, and I think what other leaders have seen, seen too, is that you can be extremely productive outside of the office. And in many cases, less productive in the office mm-hmm. from a work product perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think productivity has to be looked at in a couple of different ways. Productivity is like the work product that you get out the door. And I think a lot of that can is heightened and in some cases more productive outside of the office, whether it be at home or other things. Sometimes less distraction outside of that. Sometimes more distraction in the office because you're around people and you're catching up and all that sort of stuff, right? Like you, you not, no longer see the same person every single day like you used to, right? You need, now see someone a few times, you know, maybe once a week. And so it's like that catch up time is no longer five minutes, but now it's 20 minutes because you, oh, how was your week? All, the, all the, those sort of things. So from a work product productivity perspective might be less in the office. But the productivity in terms of culture building, collaboration, value driven, like that sort of thing, that's maybe not metric productivity driven is much, much higher when you're together. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that is something that's, that's really interesting. I think the other thing is like if you segment people that have been in an organization, or maybe been in the workforce for a long period of time, their productivity outside of, of the office might still be super solid. But someone that's new into the Gen Z or whatever coming into the workplace might be less productive outside because they're not, they may not have the, they may not have that mentorship, that leadership, that training, that development that they otherwise might see in person. So I talk to, you know, COOs a lot uh, or CHROs, you know, of law firms, financial services firms or whatever. And a lot of that is like, how do we continue to, to, to train our, our new people, our new teammates yeah. in a virtual environment? How do we blend that together? So Hmm. The productivity thing is an interesting, is an interesting yeah, conversation. I, mean, I just go, I mean, the world's changed, obviously. I'm an, I'm an old man now, but you know, look <laughs> at my early, early twenties entering the workforce, you know, this is like a cubicle kind of life uh, back then. If I had to do like any kind of remote or even, you know, less so hybrid, it would be a disaster for me as a young person coming out of college like i not having that interaction or building any kind of relationship or you know long term uh it would just be a complete disaster and so i don't know if kids are going through that now that are young i've talked to some folks that we know people that have now their kids are just coming out of college that's how old yeah. they are yeah <laughs> uh, and they some of them are really savvy they specifically like they're only looking for a job that's in office cuz they know that and get that which i think is you know, yeah. wonderful. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe kids are just, they're more adaptable now. So it's, it's not a big deal, but I don't know. So not only w- w- would you, would it be a disaster if you were working remotely early on, you probably never, it would have never been an option, right? So like, I think, about, yeah. I think about my yeah. first, when my, my first role, right? I mean, I had a cubicle, one cubicle away from the bathroom was where my, was where my workstation was. And I was there at seven and I didn't leave until the, the CEO left at uh-huh. 7.30 every yeah. single day. And honest to God on Sunday, once in a while. And it was, com- I mean, it was a hundred hours a week, literally yeah. like just, you know, in, uh, like first to be in, turn on the lights, last to leave. And I think that that like, 
that work ethic mentality, I feel like for, for me was helpful for me, right? Like, but now can you imagine, like, can you, can, can you imagine asking somebody uh, that's just graduated college? Like, Hey, in, in this environment, Hey, I, I, you need to come in at seven and you need to leave at eight, you know, like, Oh, like eight that night, like I'm in the office 13 hours. Like, yeah. And you're grinding. And like, it's just an interesting things have changed obviously in 16 years since I entered in, mm-hmm. into the end of, into the mm-hmm. world and people and, and you know, many times people, like people are more savvy now. Like the, the way technology has changed things dramatically in that period of time. Yeah. Um, but what the other thing that I've found is that I'm starting to see more companies, more leaders put a, some sort of a stake in the ground, some sort of driver in the last several years. It's sort of been like, okay, everyone's sort of been up in the air, but I think that what we'll see this year is more definition on what it means to be part of that organization in office, external office, whatever, like, huh more, more leadership in, in, in that and more stakes in the ground of this is what we're doing. And whether you want that or not, this is what the company is doing. And if this doesn't align sort of with what you're, what you need or what you desire, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe there's another alternative for you. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's some pent up resentment. That's what I'm talking about. I was mentioning about the, about the, about the pendulum between yeah. employer and yeah. employee. Like that's, on, that's my point, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think it's like, okay, we need it. We're putting, and as part of that, Unfortunately, in many in some cases, it, it might be that attrition. Like, okay, you know what? This grass was green. Oh, now the grass isn't so green here, and so I'm mm-hmm. going to look elsewhere. But we all sort of know the grass is only greener where you water it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, it's I'm I'm I'll, I'm really curious because I was similar to you when I started my career. I was like, get there really early. I'm, I'm checking to see when the CEO is leaving, <laughs> and I guess you, you work with younger employees, and I would probably say knowing you, uh, there's probably people that they work very hard, you know, that are on your team and oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Do, it in, do it in a way that's probably a little more sensible than that old style way. We're yeah. still just as much done. So I think that's yep. uh, amazing. And so maybe we're just dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it helps to shift your, your leadership style too. I mean, that's yeah. something that, I, that I'm learning too, right? Like I sort of feel like I bridged the gap between that older generation and the new mm-hmm. generation. Sometimes I feel like I'm super, super old. And sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like, wow, I feel like I'm really young, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and, that, and, and as a leader, that's one of the things that I'm trying to try, try to think about and, and get feedback on is, okay, what, like, and this is maybe the way I see it or perceive it. Like, is that, a perce- is that perception wrong or is it right? Okay, if, if it's wrong, let's figure out like, how, how, do we, how do we work together to change that? Yeah. And versus just like, this is what we're going to do. And by golly, that's it. Well, a couple of things as we kind of end, I wanted to get your perspectives on, um, you know, you're someone like me who likes to be out there, connect with people and just, you know, I think that's super important if you're just looking at long-term of, you know, building relationships in the business world, but just kind of building, being part of the community. Yeah. Uh, I went to an event here maybe last month where I kind of scanned the room. It was like a, it was a business event that's put on by someone who puts on a lot of business uh, uh, events or organization. And everybody just was my age or older, and you, you, you know. Uh, so you know, I'm in my 40s, and I was like, "Where are the people that are like in their mid 20s?" And maybe they're going to different types of events, but I, you know, I'm just curious. Are you you encourage your younger employees to like do those kind of things? Go and how receptive are they? I know you have some people you mentioned crew is an organ is industry organization. They do a lot of things, but just going to different things that it's hard. You get out of your comfort zone, especially with COVID. We 
been used to doing things on our own terms a little bit. It's like, ah, I got to drive downtown. But it's so critical uh, for folks earlier in their career. So I'm just kind of curious. You're seeing your younger employees. Are you encouraging them to do those things? And they yeah. see you doing them? or Yeah, I think... So, so a couple of things. Yes, I think the encouragement of, of getting involved in in events like that or community events or open houses or, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, what, there's a learning component, right? Like th- there's a whole host of reasons of why it's positive to go to those things. I think the big thing is, is going to them, but from our, uh, our perspective too, it's important as a follow-up thing from, you know, to the people that you're meeting in that room, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I think about myself too, and I'm, you know, like the prospect of going into a room with 200 and I'm pretty extroverted. Yeah. Right. But what I've learned too is like, there's part of me that's a little introverted. And so, yeah. you know, the process of going into a room with 250 people, like, I mean, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Like, you know, like, well, I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, doing, no, I was just doing, uh, doing, totally doing the things that, you, that, that you're doing, like with the assembly and, mm-hmm. and, and the things that you have curated, that that's my style, right? Mm-hmm. Like around a smaller group of people or one-on-one like that, I think is, is, is really valuable. So I think going to the, but yes, we encourage our, our team to not only go to the events, but just sort of get involved, right? Like mm-hmm. that, whether it's crew or whether it's Western economic Alliance or whether it's like cerebral palsy or something that's, that's close to your daily style. Like we yeah. encourage every one of our teammates and we support every one of our teammates, not only in time, but financially too, to get involved in something that they're passionate about personally mm-hmm. and then something that they want to do from a business and professional perspective, because we're all three dimensional. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that has to, those things sort of have to come together. But I, like you, I've got kids at home, young mm-hmm. kids. And so I'm very productive from nine to four, but a lot of times I'm trying to protect my time yeah. outside of that. And so, yeah, when industry events are like at seven in the morning, that's kind of tough to do It's five at night tough to do. I really yeah. don't go to either one of those, but if it's right. during the day, I can control that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since I was just talking to someone else that's part of the assembly group earlier today, who's very extroverted and like go to a bunch of things before COVID. And she was saying, now it's like, I'm a lot more protective of my time and I'm a lot more selective of these things, you know, I, I want to go to. And so I don't know if it's just people that are in our cohort of how long we've been in our career. You know, I don't know. But it's it's interesting. I think that might change as we go through the year and COVID gets a little more in the rearview mirror. So, I mean, last time I, I told you this event I just went to, I got COVID from it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, you know, 200 people. And it's just like, geez. So that didn't help, I guess, the experience. But yeah. Uh, uh, well, Blake, thanks as always. Where can folks, you know, I know you have a bunch of research. You put out a quarterly report uh, on the market here in Portland. Yeah. So where can people find that and, and check it out? Yeah, they can find it at uh, crusher.com uh, slash Portland, or they can go, they can follow us on LinkedIn. Um, we're, we're, the, the, the office is pretty active on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm personally pretty active on that. I find that to be a great platform to, to just consume content and then also share and learn. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have any sort of conversation, regardless of whether real estate or, or otherwise. A lot of the conversations that, I, that, that, that I'm having are outside of, outside of real estate. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, that, that's something that, that fills my bucket. If I look at 2023, it's like, more conversations around just business in general or like just creative ways to do business. Like mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are things that, 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 that fill up my professional bucket. That's great. So. Thanks. Thanks Blake. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on Dan. The PDX executive podcast is a production of that cast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. 
You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.